Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers, the SEMA student podcast. My name is Alan, I'm here today with Connor. On today's show, we are discussing your well-being and how you can combine studying, working and family and friends while also keeping those stress levels to a minimum. Um, we've decided today that this is a very important topic and one which we think is vital for all our listeners. So we're not doing our usual stories or student questions today, but we're just concentrating on this topic only to help improve your everyday life and your future exam experiences. So Connor, we're going to cover a number of topics today and um, I think there are areas that we've touched on in the past and people are going to say, oh, that's so obvious. Of course I need sleep. And then if you look at yourself, you go, oh, but I don't sleep. But I don't yeah. need sleep. I can survive with three hours at night. So I think we're going to look at some of these areas. And it's not about, if you can take one or two messages out of this, great. But uh, And it's not about redesigning your life, but very subtle changes can definitely reduce stress levels, help you be more successful in work and exams. And I think altogether. Yeah, and I think happier. the other important thing with well-being is it's not one single thing for everyone it's not if you're getting enough sleep that will solve everything but it's yeah. a collection of things within your life and your lifestyle and work and study and everything that if you can manage and get right you'll you'll be in a lot better a positive mindset yeah so we'll go through a few kind of different headings and and hopefully as you're listening you you get some areas or if this one area you're particularly struggling with hopefully we can get um lots of advice from that so the first time thing we look at is a little bit of positive well-being. And um, when people talk about well-being, there's lots of different things out there. But I think we're going to keep it simple and we're going to look at exercise, diet and sleep. And yeah, it's very straightforward little formula, really, for yeah, students absolutely. who are used to formulas. Um, and you kind of think, well, so we, we got hold of some statistics and there's a survey done in the UK and 50 percent of people have problems getting to sleep. And very few are aware of something, and I am now one of these people who is aware but wasn't aware before <laughs> I came across this, of something called sleep hygiene. And I was I was thinking, what's sleep hygiene? And there are habits and routines that are conducive to creating the best conditions for regular, healthy and restorative sleep, which sounds yeah. beautiful. And I think amazing. we see that in a lot of things we look at. Um, it comes into study, it comes into exercise, but we are creatures of habit and we yeah. respond to that. And, you know, it's the same as when you notice, even if you don't set an alarm, you wake up at the same time each morning, yes. our, our bodies react to that. So creating an environment um, that we can do that with our sleep and, and those routines around that. I didn't know it was referred to as sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene, yeah. But, um, do yeah. You it sounds like a word. Do you, how's your sleep hygiene? It sounds <laughs> like something you shouldn't talk about. But um, but yeah, all, all those habits, you know, if you can get those right and, and it improves your sleep, it's obviously hugely important. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that, uh, that you can that are, we've seen suggested um, and I think we're definitely in an era of kind of lots of people take um, vitamins and minerals every day and different things and um, one of the, uh, the the type of minerals that they identify that will help your body and create a good thing for sleep is called magnesium and I think it's something everybody hears about um, and they're saying 300 milligrams a day helps you function optimally. And there's lots of ways of getting magnesium. So maybe look at all the different sources of magnesium and make sure that you're you're getting that that right amount. And you get the, you get it in foods, and you get it in dairy, you get it in a lot of places. But if you're somebody who doesn't eat those key food groups um, and you're missing out on it, again, as we said, a very simple change like that could really make all the difference. Yeah, and I think, you know, and the, the other ones we'll look at lead into this, but it does show how... how Things like diet are linked to sleep. Yeah, and if you can get one right, it can help across the board. Here's something I didn't know, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce it really badly. So it's tryptophan, 
um, if I've said that right. So tryptophan is amino acid um, and it's found in lots of foods. So like turkeys and red meats and nuts, seeds, lentils, oats, lots and lots of food. Um, and what I had heard of was melatonin and melatonin is really, really good sleep hormone. And I think what the important thing is tryptophan kind of helps build and create um melatonin to help you sleep so again it's really important to you could have a really healthy diet but missing out on these kind of key foods and and whether or not you're a meat eater or vegetarian um, or whatever type of food that you eat i think just make sure you're getting enough of the good stuff i guess um and finally um i don't know what to i i am definitely a cold person at night i like the cold areas but but the whole thing about temperature being in your room is very, very important. Um, and like they say, the sweet spot is somewhere about 13 to 20 degrees Celsius. Um, I like the cooler end. I'm, I'm, I'd like to be cold getting, getting into bed and, and you kind of feel a bit chilly. And But it's important that and you get a lot of people. I know friends of mine who put heaters on as they yeah. go to bed and put the radiators on in the room all night. I don't think that's going to help you sleep at all. Yeah, and I think the last point we saw is also really important about that is about avoiding false daytime. And yeah. this ties into using screens, which is obviously such a, a huge element and it's going to link into everything we talk about, study work, everything. But um, yeah, screen time as you get close to going to bed and even, you know, first thing in the morning or checking your screen at night, when you see this this light, your body naturally thinks that it's it's daylight or daytime and starts releasing hormones that are there to wake you up and take you out of that deeper sleep. So by actually using your screen in bed for half an hour before bed, you're you're preventing yourself getting into that mm. nice sleep because your body is thinking, you know, it has to stay awake because it's daytime. And similarly, if you're checking your phone during the night. So it's really important that you try, again, build those habits that you're trying to avoid using screens. Keep your phone on the far side of the room. Make sure you're not checking it. I always find, you know, reading before bed or something like that that takes you off You could use a, a book. Screen. I know it's a really yeah, weird, yeah. old-fashioned thing, but like, read a book. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, you know, sometimes we don't consider the effect that these things actually have on our body, not just our attention. So I think that's a really important one to bring into your sleep habits is trying to avoid screens mm -hmm. in your phone. So moving on kind of towards best study practice and looking at it in a, in a sense of, of how you can improve your well-being in a study context, it, it kind of ties into those same points we talk about and if you're feeling tired or under pressure or you know you've anxiety about how you're going to perform that doesn't build into a, a good and productive study so really the key here is is about getting organized and again establishing those good habits which will not only help you do well in your exams but it will maintain your mental health and your physical well-being throughout that preparation phase and um, so we're going to look at a few of these i think that the first one is really getting organized and you know, this is something that ties into study, but also all aspects of your life. And when you feel out of control or overwhelmed or you've too much on your plate, that that's where that anxiety can creep in and you can feel stressed and that can impact things like your sleep. So really getting organized and, you know, breaking down your revision into chunks, making a plan, getting into a routine, which is something we always talk about, that can make a, a huge difference. Mm. I sometimes think that... Um and it, it could be an age thing on my part, or maybe it was just always like this, but that people think routine is a dirty word, like it suggests that you're a very boring person if you <laughs> have a habit and a, and a routine. Um, 
But routine is really key because like if you don't have any plan, if you haven't kind of set aside, oh, between 6 p.m. and 7.30 p.m. every night I study, like people do it for the gym. Like work is a routine. Most people have to be starting work at a certain time, finishing work at a certain time. So there's nothing wrong with having kind of routines and they will, uh, the word might sound boring, but it will definitely make you a lot more relaxed and calm and happier about life and getting organized. Um, because if you can schedule in your time to have a kind of a, a study time, then you can also say, God, if I study all that now, I will be finished and I'll have two hours in the evening yeah, before yeah. I go to bed or I'll be able to take Sunday afternoon off and do something I really want to. So by by kind of scheduling yourself or building a routine, you can kind of reward yourself at the end of it as well. Yeah, and I think that reward element is really important because, you know, if you're constantly behind and it's all in front of you, you'll end up having weeks or months of anxiety trying to catch up. Whereas if you build that routine, as you said, then you get small wins mm. every day and that, that has a positive impact on you and your attitude and on your motivation to keep going. So it it does break it down, but it also means you, you have a lot more of those small wins. Uh, looking at the next thing, and again, this is probably ties into our sleep habits, our work habits, but even in a study context, finding the, the right place and the right environment and time to study is hugely important. And again, you're trying to, with all of these things, you're trying to eliminate all the unnecessary stress and things that distract you so that you can find a spot to study that maximizes your concentration, reduces your stress. Um, so it's really about, you know, there's no one good answer to this. Everyone's different, but it's finding what works for you, whether you work better, you know, studying in the morning or in the evening, whether you like to just be in a room in your house by yourself or you work better in a kind of public place like a library. So again, it's really what works for you, but it is essential that you do find that and, and that you build that into that routine yeah and I think like every, as you said everybody has their own routine we know people who listen to music people who don't listen to music who can't deal with any noise uh, it doesn't matter but once you find your kind of you want to call it your happy place um, you, I think your study will be much stronger much better I think the the next two points are, are ones we talked about eating well and sleeping well um, but in a study context again this is hugely important you're not going to be able to sleep well if you're not giving yourself enough time to sleep because mm. of study or if you're anxious about exams similar to eating your study's not going to be productive if you your eating habits aren't good or you're feeling very sluggish or you're starving because you're not nourishing yeah, your body a study to, and pizza diet is probably not the greatest yeah, idea sounds so, lovely but it probably not wouldn't work too much so yeah it's again it's just about making sure you're getting the balance right between all these things and making sure that you know, you're maximizing your performance and your concentration by getting those other aspects right. The last point we want to highlight in a study context then is about taking frequent breaks. And students, there's a, a guilt or a cheat element to that, mm -hmm. or, a, you know, you have to study for eight hours straight. But, you know, that's that's not practical. I think breaks are hugely important and it ties it ties back into that reward thing we said that you can mm -hmm. build in those rewards. You can take a break, go for a walk, get a cup of tea or coffee. Um, but also from a, a study context, psychologists say that we actually only really concentrate for 
properly for about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, so in, in terms of maximizing what you're getting out of your study, as well as not tiring yourself out, getting frustrated, you know, you should be trying to break down your study into these smaller chunks of 30 to 45 minutes. And that's something we are are really on board with in mm. terms of how we have short um, videos, short quizzes, short questions, um, doing questions in, in the only the time you'd have available. It's really towards building into that, you know, maximizing that 30 to 45 minutes of study, then taking a break and then coming back to it. And I think, you know, even um, if you can get outside, get for a walk, I remember seeing something recently that that even getting out for 10 minutes of fresh air, not looking at anything, mm. has a really positive impact on um, your health and your concentration and, and your mindset. So if you can build those elements in, and I think it's, when I was studying, I like to just reward myself. You'd be waiting yeah, yeah. to go for a cup of tea or get... Uh, just finish this question or, and then or, I'll get to yeah, yeah, whatever you, it might you be. You talk to someone. So um, I think that's a, a really important thing to to build into your preparation. Yeah. So now we're going to look at exams and um, the, there's the assumption that exams are just stressful and they are stressful. But I think you can you can definitely reduce the stress and reducing the stress doesn't start about just the night before. Reducing the stress is involved in how, how you're studying and um, like there is the simple thing, which is just having a positive mindset and, and positively thinking. And I think you talked about different things that we've done. The one thing that can get people really stressed out if they're studying on their own and they don't, they get a bit lost and they don't know where to go next. And we have our 24 hours a day um, help desk for students. So if they're struggling, they can email us in or, or messages in at any time and we respond to them pretty quickly so they can continue their study. Um, but that's why it's always good to have kind of some kind of friend that you can call and maybe they don't have a clue, but maybe just saying it out loud to somebody will help. But you, if you get kind of really badly stuck for too long, if you're spending 15, 20 minutes staring at something, oh, where did that number come from? You're, the likelihood is you could be spending it for two hours and you're still not going to find it. So you kind of have to, it's a, there's, there's nothing wrong with asking for help, I think is the important thing. And people think they're, they're failing if they're asking for help, but to be honest, you're going to be more successful. Yeah. And I think on that, um, even if it's not, you know, you're stuck on a particular topic, but just flagging and talking with people about, you know, that you're doing exams and that you're going through this or that you are in a kind of more stressful period or you're building up, you know, letting your family know that friends, your employer, that will take a weight off your chest. People will be maybe a bit more accommodating, but it, it also just means you've someone to voice it to that you're not going through this whole thing alone. So I think that's really important too. Yeah. So I think when there's a couple of points then can all be added together because the one thing you always say to students is before going into an exam is try to relax. And they might say to you, how can I possibly relax and go into an exam? But if you're prepared, if you've kind of, if you know you've got whatever exam dockets, if you know you've got your calculator to write pens or whatever it might be, if you're using a, a computer for your exam, if you know that, that everything you need, that you're aware of what's coming up, that, that you've practiced it, that should give you a sense of, of being prepared. And you're obviously never seen the questions before, but taking that calm approach and kind of just believing in yourself and thinking, you know what, I've done the work. I've done the effort. I've done whatever people in Learn Signal have told me to do. Um, I've followed all their steps. I'm confident that'll be that will work. And and that ten minutes kind of leading up to the exam 
where you're kind of left with your own thoughts. You're kind of, you, you've done all the traveling, you've got there and you've had your breakfast and all those type of things. But those few minutes when everybody is nervously looking at each other yeah. inside the exam hall. And every, eerie every, quiet. And eerie quiet, everybody's walking in. That's that's when the demons can, <laughs> can, can have, have doubts there. And it really is just about trusting trusting in your ability because these these exams are hard and you kind of don't have time in the exams to to relax yourself so you have to really work hard that when you get in and take your seat that you're ready that you're you've got all those thoughts out that you're not anxious that you're not and we've always said like get there in plenty of time don't be rushing into an exam hall sweaty and stressed five minutes before the exam is going to start all of that that's all part of being prepared and, and helping you relax uh, like one thing I never do, I used to wear headphones. The worst thing that you could do either side of an exam is listening to people chatter about what's the five things of this yeah. beforehand. Have you and, covered this? Yeah. Or afterwards saying, did you do this for question one? And you go, oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I always just try to stop the the most dangerous part of time to, to listen to people yeah. are the first 15 minutes before it starts and the 15 minutes afterwards as they're all trying to get kind of... Um, a group think about that they do the right thing. So the being in that exam, there's lots of ways to prepare for exam, but it really is about just keeping calm and relaxed um, and getting that, getting that kind of, getting that feeling. Is it that Zen feeling? Would that be the right description? Yeah. Going in cool. and the, the, the calmer you are, the better it will be. So I think looking next, we've talked about a few mentioned a few different areas you're studying your general life in work but really the difficulty comes is that you know we don't ever have one thing that's just in our crosshairs or one sort of focus we have this balance between all these different aspects and managing that work life study balance is as important as managing the the individual items and you're going to you know you're going to have to give certain things leeway mm -hmm. to to prioritize the others so it's really important that you're you're very much just aware of these different things um, that you have going on in your lives and, and you're not trying to um, overdo it. You know, you only have a, a limited amount of energy that you can put into all these different things. So if you're at a time where you're having to put long hours, you know, it might be a stressful period at work um, or you have to work late in the evenings, you can't expect that you're going to be able to to fit in your similar study habits going late into the night. Then you're sacrificing sleep. I won't, I won't have dinner because I have to study. That's not going to be a great uh, a great plan, I don't think. Yeah, and it's it's not just, it doesn't just become physically draining, but it becomes psychologically draining because you feel like there's no end in sight. It's that overwhelmed feeling um, that comes. So it's really important that you're, you are just, you know, taking account of of what you have going on in your life and and allowing yourself some accommodation on different mm -hmm. things um so i i think that's the the main point around this is look out for those signs um or flag this to yourself if you, if you predict it getting busier towards an exam that you know you're you mightn't be able to to cover the same amount of work um similarly if, if you've just come out of a period of busy exam time um, and, you know, maybe stressful work, allow yourself time to recover a bit, spend time with your family and friends, have more time to yourself. Um, so it, I'd say that's the most important thing is being realistic um, with ourselves. The other thing on that is, you know, 
when you can see everything um, across the different aspects of your life that you have to take account for, make sure you're doing everything we talked about to try keep your energy levels up. Um, so making sure you're not, as you said, skipping dinner or not um, snacking, that you're still taking regular breaks, even if it's, as we said, just 10 minutes listening to music, going for a walk, um, looking away from your screen. So, and, and as we said, doing all these different little things that can can help manage those other aspects. Okay. I think the the final one we'll we'll talk about is dealing with stress. And um I think when people get stressed they always feel like they're the only ones or um is there something nearly wrong with them because they're feeling stressed. And just to put like how you feel into context, the World Health Organization um have said that more than 300 million people are suffering from depression. And more than 260 million live with some kind of anxiety disorder. So there is absolutely nothing wrong with any of those people. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with you if you are feeling anxiety, if you're feeling stress, if you're feeling like the, the, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. There's nothing wrong with that. So you're you're not you're not doing anything wrong. It's not it does there's, there's, there's no there's no reason to feel bad about having those feelings. And I think employers are becoming more aware of that and there's investment in well-being programs and mental health initiatives. And even us, I guess, talking about mindfulness um, on our CPD courses, we've done things on resilience. So I think there's a there's a ver- fair thing that you have to work as hard on yourself as you do on your studies yeah. and your work. And I think it has become a lot more of an open conversation, which is a very yeah. positive step. And when somebody says, and there's lots of, and if you put mindfulness into Google, for example, you could spend days and days reading all about it. Um, But the one description that I liked um, was that it's the opposite of being and responding on autopilot. So if you're finding yourself just going through the motions constantly, if you're finding yourself kind of not really tuned in and you just kind of go to work and it's nearly like, do you end up at your desk and work and not really remembering how you got there <laughs> because you just kind of went through the motions? I think you kind of have to, if you're feeling that way, you kind of have to stop and think. And that's not the, the best way to feeling because you're not, not only are you not being kind of a, an active part in your own life, but, but any study or work is really not going to sink in. You're not going to get any benefit from that at all. Yeah, it really is. It's a, a state of awareness. That's what they say yeah. about, you know, where your head's at. And it's it's in doing that that makes sure you don't ignore these some of these negative things like that you are maybe anxious or you are stressed or you are tired or you're, you're struggling with com- um, concentration. So mindfulness isn't, you know, it's not negative if you're feeling these things that, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this because I'm trying to practice mindfulness. It's actually just accepting that you have these things. And, and when you have a conscious awareness of that, you're able to respond and adapt and, and kind of accept those things and manage them accordingly. We have a read, it's a quote here from Lucy Fox, and, and she is a psychologist and a well-being coach and joint CEO of an employee well-being consultancy called Elevate. And some of you might have heard of it. And, and she says that on busy days, we tend to subconsciously rush from one task to another, buried by our to-do list. Mindfulness, on the other hand, means being fully present and aware of our experience in any given moment, taking a step back and consciously choosing how we are going to respond to the situation. And I think at the very end, she finishes, we take back control instead of allowing ourselves to be swept along in the river. 
And I think if that's a really good description, yeah. and if, if you find yourself kind of lost in that, if you're not present in the moment, if you're not kind of consciously choosing your own path, if you are being kind of swept away, or as we said earlier, if you're kind of getting to work and not even remembering how you got there, it really is time to 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 change. And I think that there's lots of things and you kind of take stock and you kind of stop running around like a headless chicken. It's all these all these type of things that uh, make you say, but, it, but you're probably getting stressed because you are being carried along and because you're feeling kind of out of control and trying to take back some of that control will reduce those stress levels, I think. Um, so ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be. I, re- I remember a long time ago, I did my first set of financial statements for a company I was working and I couldn't get the cash flow statement to work. Couldn't get it to balance. It was <laughs> the most frustrating thing ever. And I was there for, oh, I must have been six hours. Couldn't get it to work. So, and somebody I knew in the company walked by and said, go for a walk. And I actually left the building, walked around the back of the building. And there's this little kind of lake thing in the middle of all these big office buildings and ran around. And then for no reason, the answer popped into my head. Yeah. I went back and fixed it. It's amazing. It's like people say they're, you know, they're sitting cursing at a computer late in the evening and they just can't get something and they're working through. And eventually they leave it, get a night's sleep, don't think about it. And you get it 10 minutes into the start of the next day. Yeah. So I think what we're going to finish on today is that we want to point out that like this all takes practice. We're not expecting you to listen to this or do your own research and kind of go, I've listened to this podcast. I'm going to be more in control of myself. My stress levels are just going to disappear. It does take commitment and it does take um, a positive um, a positive belief. So changing your diet improving your sleep habits don't be afraid to turn off the phone it's okay you won't miss everything that's going on in the world um changing slightly your behavior and kind of being present in the moment i think is is the thing and if you can do all of those things and you can work on that and you're never going to get it perfect and and even those experts in mindfulness will probably tell you they can improve certain things in their lives so it's it's a goal to constantly improve yourself but we i think we strongly believe connor that if you can improve little bits your diet slightly, your sleep slightly, your mindfulness slightly, your your being present in the moment, your your exam experiences and your exam results will be better in the end. So thank you very much for today. Um, we do really hope that this helps um, and all the best in your future studies. Thanks.